Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Shy Sports Combo. We are your hosts, Edgar Romero, alongside Martin Barraza. And today's episode will be covering uh, the last week before the All-Star Games of the Cubs and the White Sox, as well as the All-Star Game, the Futures Games, and the draft picks from both, both teams, the Cubs and the White Sox, and as well as the games after the All-Star Game. But, Martin, we've been out for a couple of weeks. How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, we took a a well-deserved break, but just like the just like the MLB All Stars, but we're back and we're ready to give you guys some baseball content. It'll be a baseball-heavy show. Yep, nothing but baseball. Cause that's what we get. As next week will be the trade deadline, so today's Friday, so we should be coming back next week on Tuesday and go over. Hopefully the trades from all the Cubs, and we'll see what what the White Sox add to it as well. But let's start with the Cubs. That's the week before the All Star game. They had a a three game series against the the O's. I mean, the two game series against the Orioles on Tuesday and Wednesday, and they lost both of them Tuesday. The winning pitcher was Lyles, and the losing pitcher was Samson. The save went to Lopez, and they lost 4-2 as Lyles went seven innings, giving up seven hits, two earned runs, and five strikeouts, while Samson going went 5.1 innings, giving up six hits, three earned runs, and three strikeouts. Pat went one for four with a home run, and Rios went one for three with an RBI. Then on Wednesday, the O's beat the Cubs. Winning pitcher was Watkins. Losing pitcher was Steele. As the O's beat the Cubs 7-1. Watkins went five innings, giving up four hits. An earned run, five strikeouts. While Steele went six innings, giving up six hits. Three earned runs, one walk, and three strikeouts. Pat went two for three. Velasquez went one for four. Morel went one for three with a walk. And Ortega went all for three with an RBI. Then the Mets were in town for a four-game series, and yeah. the Cubs only won one out of those four games. Yep, on I was in that Saturday game. Yep, and then on Thursday they played game one, and the Mets pretty much shut out the Cubs into nothing. The winning pitcher was Carrasco. The losing pitcher was Thompson. As Carrasco goes six innings, giving up five hits. Zero earned runs, six strikeouts, while Thompson had a, an ugly game. He went four innings, giving up eight hits, five earned runs, four walks, and a strikeout. Horner in this game went two for three. Suzuki went two for four, and Hap went one for three, with Rivas went one for four. Then, as Martin said, Friday was, was rained out, so they had a doubleheader on Saturday. And in game one... It was pretty much a close game, but the, the Cubs lost to the Mets 2-1. Winning pitcher was Oravino, but the starter was Walker. And the losing pitcher was Givens, but the starter was Stroman. I believe this was the first game that he came back. And he impressed as Walker, Taiwan Walker, went six innings, giving up four hits, one and run, and five strikeouts, while Stroman, coming back from his injury, he went 4.1 innings, giving up one hit. An earned run and six strikeouts, and the save went to Edwin Diaz. 
Swindell went two for three, had an RBI, and Suzuki went one for four. And for Saturday's game two, another close game. It was a tight mm-hmm. game as well. Very the tight. Mets, yep. Then the Mets beat the Cubs four to three. As the winning pitcher was Lopez, but the game, the starter was Scherzer. And the losing pitcher was Norris, and the starter was Miley. Another returning injury pitcher, Scherzer went 6.1 innings pitch, giving up eight hits, two earned runs, 11 strikeouts, while Smiley went 4.1 innings, giving up five hits, one earned run, and four strikeouts. This game, Gomes went two for three with two RBIs. Suzuki went three for five, and Morel went one for three with an RBI. Then Sunday's game, the last game before the, the start of the finals, the Cubs finally snapped their nine-game losing streak. I believe it was a nine-game losing streak. They beat the Mets three to two. The winning pitcher was Wick, but the starter for this game was Samson. The losing pitcher was Smith, but the starter for this one was Peterson. And Samson, he went 5.1 innings pitch, giving up six hits, two earned runs, and a strikeout. And Peterson for the Mets went five innings, giving up three hits and no earned runs and eight strikeouts. And the save went to David Robertson. Pat went one for four with an RBI. Horner went three for four with the, had the game-winning RBI. And Suzuki went one for one for three with a walk. Wisdom had went all for two, but he had a walk and an RBI. And, the, and that's how the Cubs ended their All-Star break. At 35 wins at the seven losses. So, what you thought of the last week? I know it was an ugly as week for the Cubs, as they pretty much only managed to win one game. Ah, uh, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't good. Um, I know they faced at that point the Orioles were on their hot streak. Yeah, they were like and, ten game winning streak or something like that. Yeah, I. They they came. I think they came to the to Chicago, I believe, a couple last month or a couple months ago, and I think I told you that they're a team, they're a team that's coming up. Baltimore has been a team that's been rebuilding. I think early in the 2010s, they were really good in the postseason a lot of times, but they tore it down. They're very, they're a very good hitting club. They just don't have a lot of pitching, but Jordan Lyles has been a very good pitcher for them and. Unfortunately, you know, they, the Cubs caught a, caught a team that's been red hot in Baltimore. Uh, and the Mets, I mean, they just couldn't hit because the Mets have really good starting pitching. You very encouraged by Stroman's outing. And it was pretty good. They didn't score a lot of runs. Um, I was actually in the second game of Saturday's doubleheader. Um, I saw Scherzer. Scherzer was very good. But Smiley was also very good in that game. And the Cubs could have won that game. Hap got thrown out of the game over bullshit call. A bullshit call by the ump. And I think that hurt the Cubs going forward. But it was a disappointing ending for the first half. Because this is a team, you know, that fights... But you can tell they just don't have enough talent. They, yeah, they don't make a lot of especially in the bullpen. Yeah, they don't make a lot of mistakes, but they they're young and they don't have a lot of talent. Um, I think 
if their if their starting pitching stayed healthy, I think this team would have been closer to 500. But right now, they're at the end of the first half. They're close to the to being last in the division. And I think you know what? Yeah, you're you're right. I do agree with you. This is a team that was, you know, and this is the thing with this team. This team goes on spurts, so they'll get like a four or five game winning streak, and then they lose six straight. They'll go on a yeah. four or five winning streak, and you're like, oh crap, here they come, and then they, and then they go. And I think a lot of it has to do with the with the starting pitching. If they if they would if their starters would have been healthy, again, I'm not saying this team is makes the playoffs or anything, but they're very, they're disappointing because they're in last place. Considering Cincinnati sold off all their team, Pittsburgh is not very good. Their hitters are not very good. Pitching is not very good. This is a third place ball club, but they're you know they're not. And I think it has yeah. to do with the injuries to the starting pitching. But yep. yeah, they they ended up on a sour note, and it was a good thing that they picked up the victory at the end. Your man Rowan Wick picked up the win. Yep, he was he was causing stuff, but after the after the games, I had to believe Norris got designated for assignment. So yeah, he's been <laughs> trash. He he was another one yeah. of Jeff Hoyer's experimental. Let's. Let's get a one-year contract to try to flip, and he he was a massive disappointment. Yep. But yeah, that's how the Cubs end their their season. Snap their nine game. I mean, snap their first half. But let's move on to the south side, and the Sox were on the road. They had a four-game series against the Guardians. And they split the four-game series with the Guardians. So on Monday. They lose the Guardians 8-4. The winning pitcher was Quantrill. The losing pitcher was Lynn. As Quantrill went six innings, giving up eight hits, four earned runs, and three strikeouts, while Lynn only went four innings, giving up nine hits, eight earned runs, and three strikeouts. Then Moncada went one for four with three RBIs, and Pollock went two for four with an RBI. Then on Tuesdays, there was a doubleheader. Game one, the winning pitcher, the... Guardians beat the Sox 4-1 as Shane Beaver, their ace, he went nine innings, a complete game, giving up three hits, one earned run, and seven strikeouts. And the losing pitcher was uh, Martin. First, he went six innings, giving up eight hits, four earned runs, and three strikeouts. Ela was the, when one for three, and had the lone RBI for the Sox in that game one. And then, game two, as always, the Sox beat the Guardians 7 nothing as their ace, Dennis Cease, beat Pilkington. As Cease went 5.2 innings, giving up 5 hits, 0 earned runs, and 9 strikeouts, while Pilkington went 5 innings, giving up 6 hits, 3 earned runs, 3 strikeouts. Louise Robert went 3 for 4 with 3 RBIs, Abreu went 2 for 5 with 2 RBIs, and Harrison went 1 for 4 with an RBI. Then on Wednesday, the Sox beat the Guardians 2-1, close game, and the winning pitcher was Giolito. The losing pitcher was Sibali, and the save went to Hendricks as Giolito went, went 6.1 innings, giving up five hits, no earned runs, five strikeouts. And Sibali, due to an injury, he only went one innings, giving up two hits and one strikeout. He had a wrist injury, so he's pretty much 
Yeah, he out. might be out for a couple months. Yep, and due to that, that's the reason why the Sox won that game. So they pretty much they would they would probably would have lost three out of the out of the four. But they managed to win that game and split the two series games two two apiece. But after this game, they went to Minnesota for another another four game series. Starting Thursday, and they beat the Twins three out of the four games, which is a good thing. So on Thursday, the Sox beat the Twins. They beat the crap out of the Twins, twelve to two. As the winning pitcher was Cueto, and the losing pitcher was Sonny Gray. Cueto went six innings, giving up seven hits, one earned run, and five strikeouts. While Sonny Gray went three point two, giving up nine hits, six earned, and three strikeouts. Robert went three for five with five RBIs. Abreu and Vaughn went two for five with two RBIs each. Zavala went two for five with three RBIs. Then on Friday, the Sox beat the Twins six to two as the winning pitcher was Kopech and the losing pitcher was Smelter. And Kopech goes five innings, giving up five hits, two in runs, four walks, and two strikeouts. While Smelter. Goes three innings, giving up five hits, two and runs, two walks, and a strikeout. Tim Anderson goes two for five with an RBI. Angle goes one for three with three RBIs. And Andrew Vaughn goes two for four with two RBIs. And on Saturday is the long game that the Sox lose as they lose six to three. And the winning pitcher was Bundy. And the losing pitcher was again Mr. Lance Lynn. And the save went to Duran. Bundy went 5.1 innings pitch, giving up five hits, three earned runs, three strikeouts. While Lynn went five innings, giving up seven hits, six earned runs, six strikeouts. Andrew Vaughn went two for four with two RBIs. Abreu went one for two with two walks and an RBI. Then on Sunday, they had a phenomenal pitching performance by Dylan Cease as he beat the Twins. The Sox beat the Twins 11 to nothing as Cease went seven innings, giving up one hit only. No earned runs with eight strikeouts. And the losing pitcher was Archer. And he went 4.2 innings, giving up five hits, four earned runs, and five strikeouts. Tim Anderson went one for two, one for four with two RBIs. Moncada went two for six with two RBIs. Brown went three for four with three RBIs. Harrison two for five with three RBIs. Angle three for five with an RBI. And the Sox ended up taking five out of the well five out of three so they take they win five games out of the eight and they end up being a 500 team in the first half so what were your thoughts on the week for the Sox um a little disappointed in the Cleveland series (sighs) um but I mean the split so it's okay. Shane Bieber was very good. Uh, Cueto, very impressive. Lynn is... Um, Lynn is performances are very concerning. And then uh, Martin Martin did a good job in keeping him in the game. There's been times that he's been spot starting. And he's done yeah. a very good job in keeping him in the game. Again, you're, you're going up against Shane Bieber. And Shane Bieber yeah. was on his game that day. I mean, if you could give up three, four runs and... I mean, you get five or six innings. You're you're keeping your team in the ball game, so that's all you can ask for. 
if you're the Sox. Um, so the Twins, the Sox should be able to catch the Twins. The Twins do not scare me. If I was no. Sox fans, Twins, the Twins need something to cat to hold off the Sox. They need a closer and they need a number one starter. Twins have very bad. Twins for being a first place team, they don't have a very good rotation. They don't even have an ace. Um, oh yeah, their, their they, two best they, pitchers right now are are uh, Joe Ryan, who's a rookie, and they're watching his innings, and Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray, he was very good early in the season, but since he came back from injury, he's been meh. He's been a middle kind of two or three. If they want to hold off the the Sox, because lately when they've been playing, the Sox have had the Twins as number. And yep. the Sox are very fortunate, even though finishing off the season, I mean the, the first half of the season, they're a big disappointment because of their inconsistencies and their lack of, you know, con- getting consistent wins and taking over first place. This division is not very good because the top teams are flawed. The Twins don't have enough starting pitching, and Cle- and Cleveland doesn't have enough hitting. Yeah, so, so it's it's twins. right there. Yeah, it's right there for the taking. And if I'm yeah. the Twins, I'm calling I'm calling Cincinnati, and I'm calling yeah, Oakland. Yeah, I'm calling one of the two because I need them to. And I'm calling the Cubs because I want Robertson. They don't need hitting. I think they have a good hitting ball club. Luis Arias is really good. Correa. You have Byron Buxton. You have Kirilov. You have all those other players. You have Jorge Polanco, who's been pretty good. This team, I think, has enough hitting to stay with the White Sox. They need pitching. Because if... Dylan Cease has been fantastic. And Michael Kopech has been pretty good. Johnny Cueto has been awesome. Right now, if the playoffs started right now, I think Cueto would be my number two behind Dylan Cease. Yep. And I think you've been spot on on Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn doesn't look healthy yet, and Lance Lynn has been horrible since coming back. Horrible. I told you, man, when 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 you got knees issues or... Injuries on your knees or your elbows, it, you're not going to expect to be throwing the same way as you thought that you during the year before, man. It takes time. And he's an older player, too. Exactly. Yeah, he's been very bad. And Giolito has been very inconsistent. He'll give you one. He's remind Honestly, he reminds me of Kyle Hendricks before he got hurt. Yeah. You got a good start, bad start. Good start, bad start. Two bad starts, one good start, a decent start, and then a crappy start. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, a disappointment, but hey, they're within distance. And it looks like when they've played the Twins, the Sox look like they have their number. And the Sox are playing with the swagger, with the swagger against the Twins, like they can beat them. Even yeah, though then, before the break... Before the break, there was some talks about their clubhouse, you know, not being together, not being in sync. And then that series, I think, helped them get back in sync because they demolished the Twins. 
three or four and you know Liam Hendricks kind of told everybody that you know there's nothing wrong with the locker room Dallas Keuchel was the one that you know told the reporters but you know everything is fine so we'll see we'll see but they were still a disappointment but they're within shouting distance but it's yeah. very, it was encouraging for them to win three or four for Minnesota Yep, but that's how the first top ended for the White Sox. That's a 500 team. They went 46 and 46. So, moving on to the All-Star, and they made changes for the All-Star game. Instead of going extra innings, they were going to do like a type of home run derby. Say they were still tied 2-2 after the nine in- complete nine complete innings. Then each, the AL and the NL will have three batters of their choosing to pretty much hit home runs and whatever. And I believe each player gets um, three swings to hit a home run and that's it for each player. So then, and they still, if they don't get no, no home runs, then they'll be called to a tiebreaker with one, one person of each and that's how they end the games and blah, blah, blah. And as we recall, us Oscar game starters was going to be starting pitcher was going to be Clayton Kershaw for the NL and Phil McCrannigan, your boy, for the AL. Then mm. your lineups was the right fielder Acuna, batting first. Then the center fielder batting second, Mookie Betts. From the Dodgers, batting third, third baseman, Machado from the Padres, batting fourth, first baseman, the ugly Cardinals, Goldsmith, <laughs> batting fifth, the shortstop, Trey Turner from the Dodgers, batting sixth, was the catcher, Cubs, Contreras, Wilson Contreras, his brother, his younger brother from the Bay, the GH. The second brother Contreras, what is it, William? Yeah, William Contreras, And then batting eighth, the left fielder, former Cub, the Giants, Doc Peterson, and batting ninth, the second baseman, replacement player, I believe. This was supposed to be the Marlin second baseman on Chisholm or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he got replaced because he's injured, so he got replaced by Jeff McNeil from the Mets. And on the aerial side, Starting batting first was the DH Angels Otani. Adding second, Aaron Judge from the Yankees, right field. Adding third, the third baseman, Rafael Devers from the Red Sox. Adding fourth, the first baseman, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. from the Blue Jays. Batting fifth from the Yankees, the left fielder, Giancarlo Stanton. Adding sixth from the Twins, the center fielder, Buxton. Batting seventh, that, that was not supposed to be in this All-Star game, but got, got in here because of a fan voting. The White Sox shortstop, Tim Anderson. <laughs> batting eighth, the second baseman, the Guardians, Jimenez. And batting ninth, the catcher for the Blue Jays, Alexander Kirk. Not only saying that he should not been in the All-Star because he was pretty much injured most of the time during the first half. Yeah, I'm saying he shouldn't have been a starter. 
He should have been a backup. Yeah. I thought Xander you know Bogart right. should have been the starter. Right, right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. He probably did deserve to be there or whatever, but yeah, he should not have been a starter. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. That's what I try to make my bet. I'll take that back. He probably did deserve it because he actually has a good batting average and everything, but... Yeah, no. Injured. Yeah, I mean, so everybody will get their panties in a bunch when... I said Ian Happ should not have been an all-star. And nope. I said that Tim Anderson should not have been a starter because he was hurt so much. I think it should have been a guy who's had most, but most innings, yeah, more innings played. I think Xander Bogart should have been the starter for Boston. But, you know, starters are fan votes. Know, so I know they, you're right in the second. And you're right, Ian Happ was the extra backup all-star outfielder, and Liam Hendrick was the extra closer for the Sox. Mm-hmm. But man, I believe that Dylan Cease deserved an all-star nomination. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I think because he pitched on Sunday, he wasn't he wasn't gonna, you know pitch but that yeah he, 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 matter, he got snubbed yeah he got snubbed he should have yeah, been in the all-star matter. game he should have been in the freaking all-star game yeah he's a Cy Young contender and he should have been in the all-star game to me dude I'm not a White Sox fan but Dylan Seuss has been your top the top ace for the White Sox team he should have been in here no I'm and then he, he... yeah you guys <laughs> It's like, what the hell's going on? I'm like, damn, man. I'm like, at least be part of the activities around there. He's not supposed to, obviously, he pitched on Sunday. He was not going to pitch or start. That's the reason why you brought in Hendricks. But yeah, they should have brought him in there, but oh well. Yeah, I mean, he, he leads a lot of statistical categories. And usually... Yes, Usually baseball gets it right in terms of pitchers, but yeah, that was a big, big major snub. Yeah, but but before we talk about the Oscar game, let's talk about the Futures game that happened on Sunday. Yes, the Futures game. The White Sox prospect was Oscar Colas, and he ran one for two in that game. And the coach prospect, Pete Crow Armstrong, also went one for two. He had a double as well in that game. And I think we leave the AO beat the NL 6-4. And then the draft also as well happened on Sunday with the first round and second rounds. As the Cubs in the number seventh round, they selected right-hand pitcher Kate Horton. University out of Oklahoma. He had Tommy John surgery on 2021 and was considered the best pitcher of this year's class because of uh, his performance in, during the play College World Series. And then the White Sox had the number 26 pick and they picked left-hand pitcher Noah Schultz from mm-hmm. Oswego East High School. In Illinois, and he is pretty much committed to go to Vanderbilt, but he has a lot of comparisons to Randy Johnson. 
huge guy. He's six foot eight. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That he got a lot of comparisons to Brandy Johnson. Like holy crap! And then for the second round, the Cubs and the number forty-seven pick, they selected left-hand pitcher Jackson Ferris. He from IMG Academy in Florida. He's right number nineteenth overall prospect in the in the draft, uh, MLB pipeline, and thirty fourth in the baseball America. He has a C six four. He has a fastball between ninety six and ninety seven. A mid range curve between ninety, and then a changeup of eighty, and then has a uh, and then uh, and then throws a yeah twelve C six curve ninety. So, and then the White Sox are number 62 pick. They pick right-hand pitcher Peyton Pelley from Arkansas. He's currently, he's currently injured having Tommy John surgery, so. What do you think about the first four picks between the Cubs and the White Sox? I read I read more of the Cubs draft than the White Sox draft. The Cubs went all pitching except for one player, and he plays a short and he plays shortstop. Yes. Um, it looks like looking at this draft, the Cubs are traumatized about having to acquire pitching. Um, so, I think, and looking at the Cubs farm system, the Cubs don't have a lot of high upside arms. So, out of all of their prospects right now if you don't include this this draft class really only Braylon Marquez and he's out for the season with shoulder with a shoulder injury only Braylon Marquez projects to be an ace all the other all the other pitchers project to be twos and threes and Horton is also projected to be a two or three um and I think the Cubs, if you look at their top their top players in their farm system, a lot of them are position players. So they felt like they had a deficit in arms, and they took a lot of arms. And I think it's just getting young players because they hope that this crop that they have now will eventually go to the next level and go to AAA and then eventually get the roster, but they want a nice little pipeline going. Yep. I think what the Cubs don't want to do is when they finally get when they finally get good, they don't want to have to make a trade for say Jose Quintana and then they don't have they have to give up their best arm, but then they don't have they don't have any other arms after. And that's what happened when they traded Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease was their best arm. And then after that, they haven't been able to produce any arms until this year, where they have Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele. Yeah. Also, yeah. also the manager, the general manager, they brought him over from Cleveland. What does Cleveland do very well? Cleveland develops pitching. They, they develop pitching a lot. They develop pitching. They don't develop bats, but they develop pitching at least. And honestly, you rather develop pitching than develop bats because pitching is a premium. And I believe you can get bats anywhere. 
more than pitching. So very excited, very excited, and hopefully the Cubs can continue a nice little pipeline like, say, the Dodgers Zoo or Tampa Bay does, or even Cleveland, or even Cleveland does with their arms. Now for the Sox, their first draft pick is very booner bust. Um, he's 6'8", throws 100 miles per hour. Uh, he His his floor isn't as high as the Cubs player, but his ceiling is higher than the Cubs pitcher. Because they might they see that they might have another Chris Sale and another Dylan Cro, uh, Gary Crochet type of player. The Sox, unfortunately, don't have a very good farm system, and right now they only have two really good players in Oscar Colas and. Colson Montgomery so right now is just getting the best talent getting the best talent available this team is not does not have a lot of pitching depth in their system and that yeah. also was one of their missions in this draft as well both of these both sides of town had one mission get pitching so we can develop them in our system because it's for the White Sox they don't have any pitching at all that's very good and for the Cubs, it's just they just want to replenish and probably get guys with high upside. Yeah, because look, let me read you the rest of the picks for the Cubs. The third pick that they got was shortstop Christopher Pesciola. The next pick was a right-hand pitcher, Nazir Mio. Another, then the following pick was another right-hand pitcher, Brandon Birdsell. Followed by another right-hand pitcher, Will Fritch. Followed by another right-hand pitcher, Nick Hall. Another right-hand pitcher. This one, this one is going to be good. Number 233rd-round pick. The son of Mark McGuire, Mason <laughs> McGuire. And supposedly, he, uh, he throws pretty good, man. Well, that would be scout. nice. But then what they what they Mark Moire said that the Cubs were always constantly watching him, how he was throwing in his games and everything. And when they called Mark McGuire to tell him, "Hey, I think we're gonna draft your kid or whatever," he's all like, "He called his red AK, come back, come to the house." Like, what? Oh, I, I got something for you. Like, okay, cool. And then boom, he told him, "Like, yep." I believe he already got signed and everything too. So, yep, he's definitely now in the. In the minor leagues for the Cubs system now. Then from there, they got another right-hand pitcher, Connor Nolan, and the 263rd pick. And then in the, in the 293rd pick, they had another right-hand pitcher, Brody McCulloch. McCulloch, and from there, they finally got a left-hand pitcher, Brandon Noriega. And they got a right-hand pitcher from Matthew Peters, another right-hand pitcher, Luis Rujano, and another right-hand pitcher, Shane Marshall. And then finally, they drafted a catcher, the 443rd pick, Hayden McGeary. So I don't know how that's going to turn out. And then... Uh, one, replacement. 
Uh, finally, <laughs> how long is that going to take? Uh, 473rd round pick, and you got right hand picture JP Weeks. Then, 503rd pick, they drafted an outfielder Andy Gariola. Then, two right handers, Garrett Brown and Brock Bladder. And then the last pick for the Cubs, an outfielder, Kayshawn Collier. So it's pretty much like you said. They drafted one, two, three, four position players. And the rest were nothing but mostly right-handed pitchers and a couple of party left-handers or just one left-hander. Yeah, they're... I mean, in terms of the pitching side, the Cubs, their high-level high pitchers are mostly left-handers. You got Marquez, yeah. you got Brad Wick, uh, I think DJ there's another Hers, one, DJ Hers, DJ Hers. Um, I think only one out of their top five pitchers is right-handed, and, I, and that's Caleb Killian. Yeah, okay, so, makes sense. Yeah, so yeah, they, they're getting a little left-handed heavy. So, yeah, it makes sense for them to get some right-handers. And then... The White Sox side, they went... Right-hand pitcher Jonathan Cannon as their 101st pick. Then shortstop Jordan Sprinkle. Then left-hand pitcher Tyler Switzer. Then right-hand pitcher Eric Adler. Another right-hand pitcher Mark McLaughlin. Second baseman Mario Caminetti. Then a catcher, Mike Turner. Then a first baseman, Tim Elko. Then they went for the outfield, Jacob Burke. Then a third baseman, Brooks Baldwin. Then a, a right-hand pitcher, Mason Adams. A left-hand pitcher, Mason Morf, Morf, Morphy. And then a right-hand pitcher, Benny Sadie. Then another couple of right-hand pitchers, Tristan Stavers and Nick Ultramat, Ultramat, then another third baseman, Bryce Will, Willits, and then no two couple of base, third basements, Bryce Willits and Drake Logan, and then find their final pick. They win with a right hand pitcher, Ethan Hammerberg. So they had pretty much a mixture of a little bit of everything. Yeah, their draft was just running the Cubs. I think it sounds like they weren't best player available, and then towards the end of the draft, they started just drafting arms. Yeah, they just tried drafting, like, okay, yeah, uh, let's go with this guy. And then, uh, uh, we already drafted pitches, so let's go with this guy. Let's go with this, uh, which is good because their system needs everything. Yeah, they, yeah their system needs everything. Hey, pretty much. Don't know if they waited to to do, but yeah. Um, and then from there, we 
go to the home run derby. And this was an interesting home run derby. Did you watch the home run derby? Yeah, I actually had money on on a player. So I had a wow. little investment in the game. In, in... So the number one home run was Kyle Schrober, as he had, I believe, 30 home runs. And the number eight was Albert Pujols, so they were facing off against each other. Then you had the number four, where it was Juan Soto against the number five, which was Jose Ramirez from the Cleveland Indians. And then from the Texas Rangers, you had Corey Seager going against a young rookie from the Mariners as he pretty much carried that team as they ended up the first half well, with a 14-game winning streak. Yep, back in the race. Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, they, they, oh yeah, Julio Rodriguez wasn't it yet, right, Julio? Yep, that's the guy who I put money on. He was plus 700 to win the home run derby. Dude, that, that dude, I can't believe he carried that team on his back for the past two weeks and brought him back all the way into the into the race and pretty much dragged the Red Sox down. But then Pete Alonso and Ronald Acuna in face. But in the first round, it was Julio Rodriguez against Corey Seager, and you're right. Julio Rodriguez hit 32 bombs, and he beat Corey Seager and only hit 24. So he moved on, moves on to the second round. Peter Lasso beats Ron Lacuna as he hit 20, and Acuna only hit 19. And then for the other side, Juan Soto team beats out Jose Ramirez and he hit 17. And this one's a shocker. Albert Pujols beats out to Kyle Schober hitting 20 bombs over 19. I thought Kyle Schober should have done a better job, but I guess because they were celebrating the old Stone Age of Albert Pujols yeah, retirement season. It, it's not June yet. It wasn't June. You know, Schwarber hits all his bombs in June. Yeah, true. But move on to the second round, and Julio Ramirez beats out Pete Alonso. He hits 31 bombs, and Pete lost his mojo, only hit 22. Yeah, and eliminated Pete's... him from three-peating. Yep. And then Juan Soto beats out Grandpa Pujols, taking him out 16 to 15, pretty much like passing the torch to the youngsters. So now... You got the finals between two youngsters. One that's Bernie came up from the minors into the majors and making seven hundred thousand, and the other youngster that denied a fifteen-year, four hundred and forty million extension. Yeah, we gotta. We're, we're gonna talk about that later on the show, but <laughs> yeah. But yes. And at the end of the day, the winner was Juan Soto as he hit 19 home runs and beat out Julio Rodriguez and becomes uh, home run champion for this year. Oh, and Julio Rodriguez almost made me $120 yep. by only placing down 20. And the sad part is that the Nationals were assholes to Juan Soto as since he denied he's, he denied the 
the fifteen-year extension. They're like, you know what? You don't take our charter. Your ass is going come, whatever. You fly yourself over there to the All-Star game. <laughs> yep. And then Scott Boris posted it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Boris is like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna leak the contract information. All right, I'm gonna post that you guys made him fly charter." Damn. But yeah, Juan Soto wins the home run derby, and for the All Star game, the following day on Tuesday. Yeah, it was kind of boring for me. A lot of people liked it, but nah, me, it was kind of boring. Uh, the AL beats the NL 3-2 again. The winning pitcher was Valdez. The losing pitcher was Gosling. The same <laughs> one for the Pretty much, yeah. The Dodgers pitcher lost this game for them. Stack went 1-2 with two RBIs, and Buxton went 1-2 with a home run. That was pretty much it. That was the long inning that they went back to back. Jackson, yeah. pretty much, that's how they won it. And Paul Smith went one for one with a home run. Acuna went one for three. And that's one, went one for one with an RBI. And that's it. Game over. And the MVP went, and the All Star game MVP went to Stanton. And that's how the All Star game ended. And. We waited as the Cubs had a couple of days off as they were going to be on the road for two uh, games to face off against the Phillies. Before we um, move on from the All-Star game, so uh, I, yeah, I didn't think it was very interesting either, but for me, the All-Star game, the pitchers always have the advantage because you got aces like emptying the tank. Yeah. So they're giving you what you got. Out of all the pitchers, who do you think on each side, who was the most impressive? For me on the NL, Sandy Alcantara, who's probably going to win the NL Cy Young. Holy crap, did he look dominant. To me, he was like the best pitcher. And then from the AL, I think Classe and Manoa looked great. Classe, man. that that The way how he closed that freaking game, dude, I was like... Oh shit! Yeah. And me, and you know what I thought? I mean, in my head, I'm like, "Hey, didn't we just steal the general manager from them?" Yep. That's all I thought from right now. I'm like, damn, ain't ain't the general manager that drafted all these kids that that the Guardians are seeing now? He's with the Cubs now. Like, yeah. Well, I hope that translates. So I'm hoping that what we're seeing with the Guardians and their pitching staff is translating. Hopefully, it translates to the Cubs because damn, that would be that would be kind of awesome, you know, like that. Like I said, you know, there's a flow with the Cubs and there's a flow where like they don't have to spend as much money, you know, signing extra pitching or as much, you know. Yeah, or they can keep their prospects. You know, like now they don't have to. Yeah make a Quintana trade where basically you give up your best bat and your best arm for an eh pitcher because they're so desperate for controllable pitching. Yeah, but Classy looked good, man. I'm like, damn, he, he's surprised I never seen him pitch until, until I saw him in the rest of the game. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, like, he looked, good. yeah, he looked good and Alcantara looked good. Um, he looked really good. 
Yeah, oh my like, god. Power on, dude. Oh my god. And all this year he's been pitching excellent. I think he's gonna win the Cy Young this year. Oh well, yeah, hopefully, but yeah. But yeah, that's so what he thought about those rumors starting with the whole Juan Soto thing and the Nationals. Well, Juan Soto turned down the deal because he wanted to win. Um, I can't fault him for that. You want to win. And if this team is tearing is tearing everything down from the studs, then they're supposedly going to do... The Nationals' downfall, in my opinion, was bad spending. I think Patrick Corbin, they gave him a long-term contract. He's been terrible this season. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, and then traded Straws, uh, Matt, no, Max Scherzer. They traded Turner. Um, Steven Strasburg, unfortunately, ever since the playoffs or the World Series year, and they gave him his long term contract, he has not been able to stay healthy and it has really hampered this team. Um, I do think they got good pieces back last year, but Soto was right. If this team is not going to win and he's not going to win, why in the meantime he reaches free agency yeah I would want out too and now that he's mentioned that he's not going to resign the Nationals have to get the most they can for that player and I think the only comparable player that's been traded around his age has been Miguel Cabrera yeah when he was with the Marlins and he got supposedly a big return at the time but it wasn't really a big return because Detroit won the trade in a landslide but yeah there's going to be a lot of teams I've been you know keeping up on MLB.com and an ESPN on who would be the you know the, the front runners and it's really four teams right now it's the Padres the Dodgers the Cardinals and the Mariners. Oh, the so. Mariners should freaking the Mariners should go for him. Oh, well, well, the thing is, yeah, that would be great, but the problem is that the Mariners also need an arm. Because right now their top two starters are Robbie Ray, who hasn't been as good as he was last year in Toronto. And Logan Gilbert, who has been a great, who's been a very good a surprise, but, you know, they want to keep his innings low. So they are very interested in Luis Castillo as well. So you, you can't keep, you can't get both in my opinion. I think that will gut, they have a pretty good farm system and that will gut their farm system. They have to get one or the other, but hey. Yeah, I would be excited. Soto and Julio Rodriguez. I think Julio Rodriguez is, I think, 2021 and Soto 23. Already an established player leading the Mariners to their first postseason burst since 2000. That would be great. You got two guys for years to come. But before we talk about more trade talks, let's talk about the rest of the game from the Cubs and Sox. The Cubs return after a four-game break after their All-Star break, and they head on the road to face the Phillies. And 
to the striker, they sweep the Phillies. But at this game, they demolished them, winning 15 to two. Velasquez pinch hit, he went two for two, had two home runs and five RBIs. Steele did his thing, went five innings, giving up only four hits in the earned run. The losing pitcher was Gibson. And then Saturday's game, it was a close game between both both starters at Strowman and was facing off against Wheeler and Strowman went six innings, only giving up an earned run and Wheeler went seven innings, giving up an earned run, but the bullpen for the Phillies pretty much imploded Alvarado and giving up the win for the Cubs as the Cubs beat the Phillies 6-2. Then on Sunday's game, the Cubs were consistent as they pretty much got the early lead keeping the four runs and they sustained all the way to the end of the game. As in that game, Velasquez went two for three with an RBI and Gomes went two for four with two home runs in that game. Pretty much the, the Cubs sweep the Phillies. So now the Cubs come back home and have a quick two, two game series against the Pirates. And the Cubs beat the Pirates on Monday, winning three and two. And then Tuesday, they beat them as well, taking, winning four to two, as it was pretty much the, probably the last time that the Cubs fans will ever see Contreras and Ian Happ as a Cub. Very what do you thought about that moment? Very emotional moment. Um, uh, I guess it's Contreras leaving Hurts because he really wants to be with the team, stay with the team. And, you know, Cubs haven't supposedly reached out to make a contract. Um, it was just, it's just emotion. It was it's just emotional, a bittersweet. I wish the Cubs would resign him, but I feel like they think they can get a big return for him. So, yeah, it was emotional and happy they got the win. Yeah, so now they have a six-game winning streak. But Gave them the proper send-off. They were the proper send-off for them both, and they salute the fans. They got a big embrace. Everybody applauds. They under respect. You know, you know it's a good way to win. You know, they come off the All-Star break and they come in with a bang. You know, have a six-game winning streak, and fortunately, they got four more games left on the road with the Giants from starting on Thursday. The Sunday, then they're off Monday, and then the big trade deadline due day on Tuesday. They'll be on the road against the Cardinals. But they lost they, the six game win streak got snapped on Thursday yesterday. And they lost four to two. But we'll talk about that game next week. But let's go move on to the South Side. And the Sox were at home and the Guardians came down to town with another four game series. And Friday, and they, you know, there was, I think, another split game. And I believe so it was because the Friday's game, the Sox lost 8-2. Giolito, another bad game. Like you said, you know, he went only three innings, giving up nine hits, six turn runs, and two strikeouts. And nothing else for the Sox. And then Saturday's game, game one, I believe they had it one, but then they came back. The, the, the Guardians came back to win it and uh, 
Hendrix lost it for them, so there you go. <laughs> to open issues for them. They lose seven to four. And yep. Yep, Hendrix gave up the four hits and three earned runs in that game. So yeah, they lose that seven seven to four. But then they game they win game game two on a close on a, on a close close score as they win five to four. Another bullpen game one two as well. So Kelly took that win over Shaw. But Lynn, it was different this time. Lynn went six innings, giving up only three hits, no earned runs, six strikeouts. Wow. Dickinson is the same pretty much issue, you know. And then Sunday's game, they won with Dylan Cease being on the mound again. Of course. Another good start for Cease because he's pretty much the ace of this team. Going against the ace of the of the, in, the Guardians, the Beaver. But this time, the Sox got to Beaver as he went six innings, giving up eight hits, six earned runs, four strikeouts. And, pretty, and the save went to Hendricks. He didn't give up no runs this time. That was pretty much funny. And then moving on from that game, from the road, the Sox went on the road again. And they were on the road and they went to Colorado. And on Tuesday, the Sox beat the Rockies, which was weird. They beat them two to one. Have you ever thought about a low scoring game in a, in a Rockies stadium? Nope. That's weird. But it was, so they beat them two to one. Moncada, I mean Moncada, I mean Kopech got the win. And Marquez took the loss, and Hendricks got the save, but he still gave up an earned run in that game. Doesn't surprise me. And then Wednesday, uh, this is another disappointing game. They had the lead. They came back from behind. The Rockies had the lead. They came back in the seventh, I believe, took over the lead. And then Graveman, instead of putting Hendricks to save the game, Graveman came in and pretty much blew it for the Sox. He gave up three walks and then the pretty much base hit and two runners came in and the Rockies come back from behind to beat the Sox six to five. And they still stay 500. The way how they ended, that's how the way they came back and you're still a 500 team and you're still three games behind. Instead of taking advantage of the Twins losing, they still, they're still losing. So, what are your thoughts on the Sox? Um, disappointing because you feel like, okay, this is the All-Star break. After the All-Star break, it's time. It's time to put the pedal to the metal and... They just can't get over 500. They're just, you know, they're just there. Um, Giolito, like I said, Giolito and Lynn right now are concerning me because of the inconsistency. Um, and then Luis Robert is out due to some lightheadedness. Luis Robert's uh, out. Joe Kelly's out, I believe, now. Yeah, Joe Kelly was a bad signing. Joe Kelly was a bad signing. He's hurt, and when they bring him back, when he's health, when he's healthy, he has been very bad. He was a bad signing. They should have signed. I think you mentioned this in the pre when we did our preseason pods yeah. for baseball. They should have re-signed yep. Ryan Tapera. Oh, I know. I remember. I told you they should have re-signed Ryan Tapera. He would have been cheaper than Joe Kelly, and Tapera has been healthy for most of the season. 
it's probably time to call the angel see what they can get for him <laughs> yeah probably um, but I don't know because uh, now okay now let's talk about now let's talk about the trade talks now so yeah we so can talk we already about know. Sox and Cubs yeah so let's let's talk about this because you already know the Cubs top for them is Contreras App Robertson Smiley out of nowhere he's already up there and who else well so for the Cubs that I've been reading in terms of hitters yeah it's going to be Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ are going to be on high demand Uh, and for the pitchers I don't think somebody will trade for Smiley and Miley. If they do, that's great. If they can get whatever they can for him, would it be great? But Robertson's going to be a premium. Robertson's the best. The Cubs have basically the best bat and the best reliever in the market. They have the no. best bat in Wilson Contreras, and they have the best reliever in Robertson. The other pitchers that teams want that they've been asking for They've been asking for Chris Martin, and they've been asking for Michael Givens. Yep. I think all and of those, pl- those are the and players. And that's where I'm looking at. I'm looking at Smiley, at Givens, at Martin, at Miley, and probably like I'm looking at Simmons as well. Those type of players to be looking charitable chips. For teams that cannot cannot afford to trade big players, but they could they could afford to trade like little small minor leaguers that won't, won't affect them. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know about yeah, I don't know about Simmons, but and Smiley and Miley. I you think Smiley and Miley will get moved? I don't think right. No, I, I believe Smiley more. A Miley, I don't think he would, but a Smiley, I think he will. Because the way how he's been looking yeah. the past two starts, and they probably won't use him as a starter. But him coming off of a bullpen, they'll mm. probably use him, and they'll probably see him in that way. Okay, because for me, like when they're good, I think Miley is a better pitcher than Smiley. Yeah. No, right? Miley, for me, healthy? needs to be a starter. No, Miley's a starter for me. Mm-hmm. But Smiley, I, I prefer him like a long reliever. He's not a starter for me. He's more like a long reliever because okay, he could so. give you a good, a good, a good four innings when you need him to give you a good solid four innings out of the bullpen. He could give you those good four solid innings. Yeah. So based off ESPN and MLB, what I've been reading, the Padres won a package of. Hap and I think yeah, and me and you were talking about this earlier. Hap and Contreras. If it's their need for a catcher, and if it's their need for a corner outfielder, and the thing is, Hap, and I've been, you know what I've been reading, that Hap might actually get a better return than Contreras because he has another year of control. Yes. Which is crazy, but there's gonna be a. Uh, so the, the Padres are, are in on both of them. Uh, the White Sox, I've heard the White Sox are actually interested in 
Givens and Hap. Um, if if I'm the Cubs, I hang up the phone if I see <laughs> if I see Rick Hahn calling. But uh, but yeah, I mean they're gonna have a lot. I think Robertson's gonna give them a big. Robertson and Givens, you know how they were signing one-year deals in the hopes yeah. of flipping them? Those are big home runs because I think with Robertson, yep. you can get some good players. And for Givens, you can Givens. get some, a decent return too. Yeah, because Givens, he started off wacky, but dude, he dropped those numbers down real quick this past month and a half. Yeah, and a lot of teams, like for example, a lot of teams that have a closer but don't have a way to get to a closer. Toronto, I think, has that problem. Toronto needs a setup man. Michael Givens could be a very good piece as a setup guy. Um, now for teams like the Phillies, um, the Twins, I, I've heard the Twins won both Givens and, and, and Robertson. Robertson? Yeah, they, they can get they need a closer so you know the cubs have the cubs have the ability to get some good pieces back for those players and and we'll see we'll see if they if they get i know for sure robertson's getting moved givens is getting moved contreras i think he is getting moved hap is the big toss-up look man if in contreras and hap get traded to the Padres like I said if they could get their hands on Mackenzie Gore oh yeah I love Mackenzie Gore he's got peace upside uh, then that's that's pretty much it and then and, and like but if they if they want like to get the, their top cat catcher prospect Campusino or Campusano whatever Campusano. it is Campusano but then if they want to attach Hosmer into that deal, then like I told you, like, damn. Like, fuck it. Attach, attach Hayward's contract to that shit, too. And then be like, okay, it's even Stevens, fucker. You get Hayward for one more year, you pay off his contract, we'll take K- Hosmer's three more years left. Mm-hmm. Or, baseman. Or what if they said we'll 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 get we'll give you guys more of a premium prospect if you guys take Osmer's contract? I would rather do that. And then I'll just okay, keep, they, if I'll they just do that, then yes, I'll keep okay, Hayward. That, that's different. That, that's different. Yeah, they say you know what we'll give you Mackenzie Gore, Campesino, but you have to take Osmer and we we'll give you another prospect with Osmer's contract. Then that's different. Or yeah, or if they give me a package, if they give me the package of, say we we send Hap, and we send Hap and, and Contreras, right? And yeah. they're like, okay, we'll trade you Mackenzie Gore, but we really need you to take ha- Osmer's contract. Okay, can you even can you bring can you bring C.J. Abrams, for example, who's you would get their top two prospects and a bad contract. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I think yeah, I think Abrams might be their third pros- third best prospect. But if you get no, Abrams, Abrams, Abrams is already playing. Yeah, but if you get because a- Abrams has like 
short top shortstop ability and you can you can move and he can also play center so you can move him to short or center then you move nico to second base and if you get those two that i would and you have to take on no money padres throwing no money you got to take the whole contract for, yep. you got to take the whole contract for osmer i would do that in a heartbeat too Yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, the Hosmer money doesn't kill me. It's like, hey, you got a you got a first base for the next three years, regardless of his bat. Because you didn't got him, you don't got him for his bat. You want him to play a play your defense, play whatever game, do what you got to do, but play your thing better. And we want you to be a leader. You're the one that went to the World Series. Remember in 2015? I want you to beat that, be the leader for these young kids coming up, and give them wisdom of how. How is it going to be when they go to the World Series or whatever? That's the way how I'm thinking. That's the way how I'm looking at it. Yeah, I mean, and the Cubs right now aren't wasting a lot of money. And if you can take no, on his not. contract, yeah, and if you can take on his contract for more of a better prospect, hell. Like, if you're taking on his contract to get a, a CJ Abrams or a Robert Hassel, oh, that's that's great. For me, like you said, no, that's what if I'm I can saying. Like, Gore, you, you, if you I don't can... give me CJ Abrams, but give me Mackenzie Gore, and then either then attach, then you give me Mackenzie Gore, and then you tell me, well, okay, we can take Contreras and half, but you gotta take um, Osmer, and we'll give you Mackenzie Gore, but then we give you a top prospect like you know Haswell or the other one. What's it? Wood? Was it Woods? Yeah. One of the other, yeah, one of the the one of the top off here, the Woods or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'll take I'll, I'll take that in a heartbeat, bro. That's already a win-win for the Cubs. Dude. You got a, a an ace to be that looks could be an ace, and like I told you, man, hey, that, that's that's an even trade. Because look at the trade values; it's an it's even matchup trade values. Yeah, man. If Marquez gets his shoulder healthy, and we hope he gets healthy, because. I think out of all their guys in their system, Marquez is the one that has ace potential. Yeah. And if you bring in Mackenzie Gore, and you bring in Mackenzie Gore, who's been healthy, and been, he just doesn't, the Padres have a lot of pitching, so it's, he hasn't been able to get starts regularly, but if you got those two for your future, those two guys, aces, yeah, they would they would do really well. Again, they don't have to. They can spend their money much better. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. They could spend their money much better than how they did it in their last championship window. No, of course, because they, they already, got, they already got some. They already got a lot of death, dude. Yeah, they already had a lot of death in their in their farm system already. There, it's like okay. You already got a lot of depth. You're really gonna call up a couple of guys up next year, and then the following year. You're gonna have to surround them with players that you want to sign. And you know that's what they say. You know what they're expecting to sign you to the shortstop. It could be Trey Turner. It could be um, Carlos Correa. The outsider. It could be Sander Bogart. To the outsider. Yeah. Or they could sign Aaron Judge. No, yeah, they could sign Aaron Judge. Yeah, yeah, they sign Aaron Judge, then there you go, you put a, a team around him. 
building up that team because he could be your DH and right fielder or whatever, and then that's it. You got your first baseman, baseman and they could pull off this trade with the Padres. And you got your first baseman and Eric Hosmer with Aaron Judge being your thing. And then Suzuki looking to be that guy. You got your leadoff hitter in Chris Morrell because mm-hmm. he takes his walk and he puts the ball the ball, the, he puts the bat in the ball and that's it no matter if he gets on base or strikes out but yeah. he rarely strikes out you gotta float yeah, everything yeah. going in a float so and Nico Horner Nico Horner is Nico Horner unfortunately he was yes. hurt right Nico Horner yeah. is the player that they wanted you know yes. when he was remember how like the, the other players like the core players couldn't hit yeah and Horner wasn't healthy Horner, again, he doesn't, he hits a couple home runs, not a lot of power, right? But he's able to hit for, he's able to hit for average. And that's what, he puts the ball, he puts the bat on the ball. Yeah, that's why he's a good number. Yep, that's why he's a good number two. Number two header. Yeah. (laughs) He's doing what Madrigal. He's doing what they wanted Madrigal for. And that's why yep. I was so irritated when they got Madrigal back. But yeah, the the outlook, the outlook looks, looks good on this team. But now, let's transition. What do the White Sox need to win the division and go to the playoffs? They need everything. <laughs> well, they can't get everything, but if you let let me let me have you put your GM cap on. Let me be. Let me have you be Rick Hahn. Who would you go after? And I know you can't get everything, but for you, what's the most important? You can only get a couple players. What are the two things that you're looking for, and the two players that you're looking for to help this team reach the playoffs? And make some noise in the postseason. I'm looking for a starting pitcher and uh, you know what? Not a starting pitcher. I'll take that back. I'm looking for open arms and a consistent bat. A left-handed consistent bat. Uh, that's, yeah, I have that too. I don't think they need a starter. No, um, no I was just thinking about it right now. I don't think they need a starter because I'm like I just I just like when they make it to the playoffs, you know, you still got you, you only need four starters. So you got C's, you got um, what's his face? You got C's, Quato, Kopech, and then um, Giolito or Lin. Giolito or Lin, one of those two guys, and that's it. Uh, Which yeah. I think I'm gonna go leaning towards Giolito. Yeah. I don't know how Lynn would react coming out of the rotation. Exactly. Um, either that or what they could do is like, you know, have them start. And then since Kopech has 
pitched out of the bullpen, Kopech can pitch, you know, be that in case there's trouble, Kopech comes in. Yeah, but I don't want Kopech to feel like be out of sync. Yeah, that's true. Uh, to me, they need a left-handed reliever. And they, yes, they need they lefties. They need a left-handed reliever and they need a left-handed bat. The left-handed bat that I would look for is Jock Peterson. Yep. From the Giants. The Giants are in a slide. They're not doing well. I don't think it'll cost them that much to acquire him. Um, in terms of lefties, hmm. No, but the Giants are going to say, hey, he was an all-star. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't. I think he's he's on an expiring contract, so I think he would be a rental. So, Doesn't matter. He's still hitting the ball. He has like a three, a, a two. He's, he's having the best year of his damn career right in the, with the Giants. Yeah, but yeah, he would be a guy that I. He's the guy that I would get if I was if I was a White Sox. But here's the problem with the White Sox. You're telling me that they're going to give up Oscar Colas or um, Montgomery? Colson, Montgomery. I don't think it would cost them that. I don't think they... Because those two are their best prospects. I think if they... Because there's been scenarios about them probably trading for like Juan Soto, right? Yeah. I think if... I would only throw those two guys in if I was a White Sox, if I'm getting him. Like, like if I'm acquiring and then Shohei Otani supposedly is available as well. If if I'm trying to trade for one of them two, then yeah, I'm throwing in Oscar Colas and Colson Montgomery. I mean, the Nationals and the Angels will want them. But I don't think Jock Peterson will cost that. And then the the left-hand reliever that I would try to get if I was them, I would go and try to get Andrew Chafin from Detroit. Nah, Detroit's gonna hang up that phone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know what other lefty is available that they can get. Yeah, I don't know, dude. They, they, yeah, they need it. They need. They do need a bat that could help them, man. If they could pull off Peterson, I do feel like it's gonna give up a, a, a either one, either one, either one Oscar Colas or, or Montgomery just to get Peterson. Yeah, that's a lot. I'm not just talking about both of them. I'm just talking about one of them, either one. No, either either one is a lot to me I to know, give but, for Jack Peterson. But, <clears throat> but remember, for the Sox. Is win now because remember they put themselves, they put their mouse in their, they put their foot in their mouth saying that it's win now, right? Yeah, yeah. They're supposed to win. This is the good team. This is supposed to be the best team. You got the best left-handed bat available. It ain't gonna be the Cubs. Oh, if, if they trade Ian Half to the White Sox, dude, I'm gonna be so pissed. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'll be so pissed too. I'll be, I'll be, we'll be right here in this podcast talking crap about the Cubs about doing again deals with the White Sox. 
Yeah, because so then we far. gotta hear Jason Benetti's mouth talking oh my. crap. Oh. <laughs> I hate Jason Benetti, dude. I hate him with a passion. Always talking shit. And yeah, yet and he, people say that he's the best announcer right now. Like, no, hell no. No, he's he not. gets on my nerves, dude. He's annoying. I want Hawk back. It's true what yeah. you said. I want Hawk back. Yeah, I want Hawk back. I miss Hawk. And you can put it on the board. Yes. Lord Damn. have mercy. Anyway, yeah. the way I used to get mad, it made my ass laugh too. Yeah, me too. Oh, I miss that. Thank you. <laughs> They'd be like, they would blow a save, and they'd be like, no, no, no. no what are you guys doing? No, no. God. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but okay. I mean, he's the same. I think uh, he went to go see, he went to go see the Cubs, you know, when they were coming up, when they had Baez, yeah. Brian, Rizzo. And I think he saw like Russell and Baez, and they were like, "Well, we got we got this guy." No, Chris Bryant playing third base. I think at that time, I think they had I forgot who they had. They had Gordon Beckham at the time. Yeah, I think they were like, "Oh yeah, no, Chris Bryant. He's gonna be MVP type player." He's like, "Eh, we got we got uh, Gordon Beckham." Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's not like it's not as bad as Benetti. Like Benetti is obnoxious. I mean, talking crap about the Cubs on a national broadcast, and you got the the Red the Red Sox killing them like fifteen zero. They get one hit, like, well, it's the start of a rally. Here we go. We might come <laughs> back. I'm like, dude, it's the seventh inning. You're down by fifteen runs. You barely got three hits. And then you get another hit, and you think you're gonna come back? Like, come on, man! Yeah, right. And, and, and just and put yourself in that position, man. The White Sox are getting beat by the Boston Red Sox, while the Red Sox are getting demolished by the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Mariners. Heck, even the Orioles. Yeah, I mean. And they're trying to make it to the playoffs. Well, I mean, you look at the numbers, and unfortunately, the White Sox are, since the midway point of last season, they're just a 500 ball club. Yeah. Um, look, Rick Hahn, I think I praised him of the way he built this team, right? So, oh, yeah. I think I mentioned it before. If I want to build my team, you know, if I want to tear it down and build my team, I want Rick Hahn as my general manager. Yes, because if I have guys like Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ, I know Rick Hahn will get me great prospects back. Because that's what he did with with, uh, Adam Eaton. With Chris Sale, with Adam Eaton. Adam Eaton wasn't... Jose Quintana, yeah. What he got back for Adam Eaton and, and Quintana when they were like, eh, players... My God, that impacted the team. You got Giolito, you got Reynaldo Lopez, and you got Dane Dunning, who you flipped for Lance Lynn. 
were Adam Eaton for Quintana, who was I think a number three on a very on a playoff team. Yeah. You got Eloy Jimenez and you got Dylan Cease. MVP upside and Cy Young upside. Now, when his team is good, when his team is good, when you're not selling your players, when you're the one who's got to get the player, when you got to negotiate, when you got to negotiate and give up and try to get because it's easy when you give up one of your players, right? Because you could just be like, well, yeah, I yeah. want, you know, I want your top prospects. And the exactly. other team has to win, so they're like, okay, fine, we'll give them to you. But it's much harder when you're on the other side and you need to win and you're like, okay, I need to win. And on that, I have a lot of questions about Rick Hahn. Because last year, yeah, he got the best reliever available, but Craig Kimbrell was not very good. Free agency-wise, he has not done... Grandal has been bad. Uh, well, um, Dallas Keuchel was bad, um, and then you haven't solved the problem that you have in the in right field, and you haven't solved your second base problem. You traded for oh, Caesar Hernandez. You traded for Caesar Hernandez. Uh, Pilkington, he was the guy that they traded, the Sox traded yeah. for Cesar Hernandez. Pilkington is a is a decent pitcher, four and a four or five. Yes, he's a four or five, and you traded for Cesar Hernandez, who didn't really help you at all. And I think Pilkington has more upside than like Dwayne Martin and Vince Velasquez. So, yeah, I have a lot of questions of how can he build this team to get to a championship. So it's, yeah, it's so in that sense, I have a lot of questions about him, and I want to see what he does going into the playoffs. Because in terms of roster construction, this team isn't good. You need pitching and defense to win in the playoffs. The team's defense is horrible because. They're not very good defensively. You have to nope, have Adam yeah. Engel. You need Adam Engel to play the outfield, and Adam Engel is offensively. You have multiple yes. outfielders that are really first basemen. Or DHs. Yeah, or DHs. Your catcher. And I've heard, uh, and a lot of people were like, yeah, Grandall better than Wilson Contreras. No, he's not. Um,. Yeah, you have a catcher in Grandal who isn't isn't very good. He can't hit anymore, and he's not very good defensively. That's what you had to keep starting Reese McGuire. That's why sometimes I feel like all these um, starting pitchers, ERAs, that are high is sometimes caused because of the defense behind there. the errors that they make the base running mistakes like in the in the Colorado Rockies game mm-hmm. Garcia a base running mistake 
you're on third base. Why the hell are you halfway down the line and the catcher did not pick, did not throw a quick pitch to third base? He double pumped and still threw you out in third base. Yeah, and that's they're always getting thrown out in the bases for whatever reason. And the catch is not even that good for the Rockies. Mm-mm. So that's where my issues is with the with this White Sox scene is like you guys are supposed to be what happened? You guys were the you guys had a good lineup last year. You guys had the good pitching on paper. The bullpen was on t- a point, and then all of a sudden, you guys make the playoffs, face the Astros, and you get eliminated. And then all of a sudden, you start the season, and oh, we want the competition. You got the competition, and what? Well, they got competition, crappy competition, and they they are not able to beat them. Like, yeah, they've been beating the Twins, but they have not been able to jump the Twins in the standing. And as like you said, the Twins don't even have good starting rotation. No, they don't. They don't even have a closer. No, they traded their closer, Trevor Trevor Rogers, to to the Padres for Chris Paddock. And that was a terrible trade for the Twins because Chris Paddock... Had to have Tommy John surgery literally like a couple weeks after they made the trade. And now they need a closer because Emilio Pagan, who they got, is really a setup man and not a closer. He keeps blowing saves. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of riches for the Twins. Yeah, they got a good lineup. Mm-hmm. But that lineup is not always going to save their ashes from the, from the pitching staff or the, or, or the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And the White says they got everything. They got the lineup, but they just they're just making too many errors and too many base running mistakes. And it's like I know they said the story. Oh no, we're not. We're playing together. We never. We're not. We're good hands. I'm like, I don't know. Then and there's many errors I'm seeing. That it's like, okay, what are you guys doing? Like something's going on. I guess. So like, damn. Yeah, they're feeling the pressure. That's what happens when you're a favorite. Yep. But, yeah. I, right now, I mean, the White Sox don't have stuff to worry about in terms of the other teams of the division. But for me, if the Twins go get a Frankie Montas or a Luis Castillo and then they get, say, Robertson, right? Yeah. The White Sox should be worried because now... To me, the holes that the Twins have that are the advantage of the White Sox, they're being patched up. Mm-hmm. Especially if they get Luis Castillo, because, you know, Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray, they've been former teammates, so they could pick each other up and be like, hey, man, let's do this how we did it in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then... And now you like- yeah, it lengthens their rotation because now yep. you got Casillo one, Sonny Gray could go back to two. You got Ryan at three. Yep. And then you have you have somebody else as your number four. But yeah, I mean, 
it's going to be an interesting interesting trade deadline that's coming up on Tuesday and I'm excited to see what the Cubs get in return and what players do the White Sox acquire for their stretch run yeah and I good thing the deadline's at 3pm so my phone's gonna be constantly dipping I'm gonna be watching and I'm gonna be hearing on my headphones and being like okay who got traded let's go yeah. That's why I said we'll be coming on here on podcast on Tuesday after the trade deadline and we'll be talking mm-hmm. about that and seeing how that goes. Yeah, we'll have like a yeah, it'll be a trade trade deadline special pod next week. Yep. Trade deadline special pod and talk about the games from them and then uh should be it and then obviously my NFL camp started as well. But I don't believe there's still no decision yet on the Deshaun Watson deal yet. No. No, there there isn't. It's 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 hard because the NFLPA is gonna fight it because the thing is there's the owners have you know gotten in trouble for sexual conduct and none of them got anything. For example the owner for the New England Patriots, Robert Kraft, <laughs> likes getting his happy endings and nothing happened. But, and and I think they're pro, they're, and I think the reason why the PA is going to fight it is because there hasn't been any criminal charges charged to Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll see. As, as we get more into camp and get into the preseason games, I think we will finally find out how long he is he is going to be suspended for yeah then did you saw Aaron Rodgers uh, Connor look yeah like I'm interested to see how well the Packers are going to play this year because David Bakhtiari is hurt and he's still hurt he hasn't been able to recover from that 20 ACL and again you know, it's Aaron Rodgers, but he doesn't have as many weapons as he did last year. Not as now that Devontae Adams is not with him and not as many in terms of quality receivers. So I'm excited to see how well he plays this year. Let's see if he becomes the Tom Brady of the of the National League. I mean, on the yeah. NFC, yeah. yeah. NFC North. Well, I, I think they're going to win the North, but... With them, it's always been, what do they do in the playoffs? Because they, yeah, yep. they win, they win their division, but then when they get to the postseason, they don't do crap. Aaron Rodgers can't get them over the hump. Of course, he's gonna blame the the, the he's gonna blame the the, the general defense. manager and the coaching staff and everything, and then when they win, he's gonna blame it's up in me. <laughs> like well, nothing changes well, when he wins it's all him when he loses it's all them <laughs> yeah well we'll see we'll see the season I'm very interested he doesn't have Devontae Adams so yeah I want to see if, he, if he's actually the quarterback that he could be if he could actually work 
with different talent and be the quarterback that he supposedly wants to be. And if he doesn't, then it does prove my point that I said that, okay, you're a good athlete. You can throw the freaking ball, but you're not a Tom Brady. You cannot just play with just a random person. You got to build a team around you that you can work and function with. Yeah. And then what about Julio Jones with Tom Brady and the Bucks? Yeah, I'm surprised the Bears didn't make a run at Julio Jones. I'm surprised I mean, too. He, he could have been at least the. I mean, I guess the thing with Julio Jones is that he hasn't been healthy. He's been very injury prone the last couple of seasons, so I guess the Bears didn't want to take a chance on that. But yeah, but Matt, but Tom yeah. Brady's gonna make sure he's healthy. Oh yeah, you know, having Julio Jones, and you have Mike Evans, and then when Chris Godwin comes back from his injury, that is a three-headed monster that is very potent. Yep. So, he's Tom Brady now has all the weapons that he didn't get in New England, now in Tampa, he gets all the weapons now. Well, we'll see. So, that'll be our end of our show for today. Thank you guys for listening. I know we've been out for a couple of weeks, but we're going to be continuing doing this every week. Keep sharing our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, as well as you can follow us on Twitter at StriceForceCombo1. Leave us a comment. Uh, also, if you're interested in uh, wrestling, you can follow my things wrestling podcast go ahead yeah thanks everyone for listening to the shy sports convo podcast but if you are interested in sports entertainment professional wrestling follow my other podcast the street style wrestling podcast on google podcast apple podcast and spotify i think airing it's going to be airing next wednesday a little podcast of Vince leaving to the WWE, Triple H being in charge, all of the the groping finally caught up to Vince and made him retire. And should Tony Khan be shaking in his boots now that the King of Kings is head of creative? When are you going to be having that podcast? That will drop next Wednesday or Thursday. So we're gonna be talking about it Wednesday or Tuesday. Yeah, next. Uh, yeah, it will be next Wednesday. We'll be talking okay. about it. So, so stay tuned for that. All right. Let me know so I'll probably call in and be like talk about that. Oh yeah. Give my course. two cents on freaking Tony Khan. Yeah, Tony Khan needs to, you know. He needs to he needs to get 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 it going now. Vince McMahon is no longer in creative now. It's Triple H. Triple H has something to prove, and you know all these indie indie wrestlers that Tony Khan loves to poach and Vince didn't like. Well, they like working for Triple H, and they're not gonna go to they're not gonna go to AEW just to nope. sit there. So. And I think Triple H brings fresh ideas, 
good ideas and you know Tony Khan needs to get his get to get his stuff in order and start worrying about start worrying about AEW instead of WWE. Yep, just like Mr. Killer Cross said in an interview. But thank you guys for listening and have a good night. Good night everybody. <laughs>